0: Listening to that's pretty dark.
1: The podcast where we talk about all of the entertainment that scared us as children.
0: And still haunts us as adults. So grab your flashlight and join us as we take a frightfully nostalgic look over our shoulders.
1: And under our beds. And at our closets. And together we'll realize, whoa, that's pretty, that's dark. pretty dark. We're applauding
0: Thank you. for. Ourselves. thank you to myself thank you to you thank you to me thank you to your yourself. applause is so appreciative I um, appreciate it appreciative. thank you i'm so i so appreciate my own applause to myself
1: oh dear i feel like that's like a symptom of some kind of disorder but
0: narcissism
1: i wasn't gonna say it
0: feeling strong <laughs> see i don't need I, I turned on my mic it's too loud i don't need those like you are a champion There's like recordings you can listen to that make you like boost your Mm self-esteem. I don't need that. I just got to like clap at myself in the mirror every morning. I'm just like, hey. Oh, wow. Good job.
1: I I cannot picture you actually doing that.
0: I've never done that. I never will just for the podcast because it gets my blood flowing, gets my my energy up. We just tried to start this episode. We got 20 minutes in and decided to turn around, drive back home. (laughs) Turn
1: the car around. Get
0: out of the car, stretch, (laughs) get back in the car. And hit the road again. Yeah, so, just
1: bad vibes. Weren't feeling except, it.
0: Except that, I feel like I'm, I'm peaking when I talk now. Except that um, I'm too excited. Now I feel too good. Oh, dear. How's that for some realism? Mm. The fourth wall breakdown.
1: My name, uh, by the way, if you wonder, oh, yeah. is Kaylin.
0: <laughs> My name's Christian, and this is, that's pretty dark.
1: Yeah podcast where we explore the things that scared us as children.
0: Still haunt us as adults.
1: And still haunt us as adults. The
0: simple, scary things. That's right. That give us the heebie-jeebies and the oogie-boogies and the spookity spookities I thought you were going
1: to say spookity-dookities, and I was like, please never. Spookity-dookities. Don't don't like that. Drop a
0: spooky-dookie. Yeah, I knew (laughs) you were going to do that. Knew you couldn't resist. (laughs) Cannot. Can't help myself. I'm a child. Oh, Lord. Forever young, forever young. Anyway, oh. without further ado, let's get started. Yeah,
1: let's talk about the. <laughs> let's have what, fun. Are, what are you going to tell us about today?
0: Let's have a good Saturday. Today, we are still in the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Season 1, Episode 6 The Tale of the Super Specs. Mm,
1: super it's going to get awesome. You're wearing Super Specs.
0: I wear glasses, and I'm going to reference that. <laughs> I a don't, little bit
1: at all. I never have. I have perfect vision, so I don't know what that's like.
0: Uh huh. I have worn glasses since I was in the third grade. So, what a
1: time to get glasses! I feel like that's a it was a
0: rough time. I got yeah. made fun of a, a lot. This episode, I remember it watching it again. I was like, oh, yeah, part of this stuck with me
1: Ooh. because
0: I wore glasses. Oh, uh, wow, yeah.
1: And you know what? This one I didn't have memories of. That's interesting. That's funny. Yeah, I just didn't find it, I guess, probably relatable at the time.
0: Yeah. I can see that. So this episode was directed by your pal Ron Oliver.
1: My pal. Who did pal. Yeah, he
0: did uh Phantom Cab and Laughing in the Dark. So Oh
1: yeah, he's my pal now. He's
0: done a bunch of episodes, and I was like looking into him and I was like, oh, this is the guy Kaylin already covered, so I won't. That's gonna be the hard thing. Because mm-hmm. in the in the future, we're gonna wanna like do deep dives on people who we've already deep dove mm. into. <laughs> so it's gonna be like, oh, that
1: one. Yeah, thing. that one dude that did the thing. We'll do our best. We'll try to remember. Try not to subject you to too much of the redundancy. You know, similar yeah. redundancy. Yeah. I
0: hear that on podcasts all the time. I'm like, you've already talked about. You've already. Yeah, called. I do
1: talk back to podcasts often. You've already
0: done that. But now I
1: know what it feels like to sit on the other side. So I am going to be yeah, so much less. now I less, know how hard it is. Uh, judgmental about everything.
0: It's fine because people who are listening, this is the podcast they've wanted, you know, for years now. They're like, finally, someone's doing this. That's the hope. That's the reality. <laughs> All right, so it was written by our friend DJ McHale as Chloe Brown. Oh yeah, so that's always fun, Mr. DJ. Gotta love Chloe. And this, I always forget to do the air date. This aired September nineteenth, nineteen
1: ninety-two. Man, what a good time to be alive! It's
0: a great time to be alive. Not that
1: I remember it, but yeah, (laughs) I was alive for it.
0: So Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm.
1: something about that, like early nineties easing into the Halloween season. Mm. You know,
0: I'd go back. (laughs) <laughs> the storyteller for this episode is Gary, which is his first yeah, storytelling. That
1: was really exciting for me as much as I yeah, love like Gary. It's a
0: really big deal. I forgot to ask you because I don't know where you found this information. Mm. Uh, do you know, you know Gary's storytelling? I did see storytelling? It
1: according to the fandom wiki thing that kind of um, generalizes each character and gives them a theme for their stories. Mm. Gary's stories tend to be about magical or cursed objects and how misuse of those objects can have dangerous effects. Boom. So he likes a good cursed object.
0: Which, you know, I do too. It's a horcrux, right? Yeah. But thank you for that. Yes. So the IMDb summary is Weeds. His name is Weeds.
1: Weeds. Yeah.
0: Exactly what you think, Weeds. Weeds. A prankster <laughs> buys his girlfriend, Mary Beth, a pair of super specs as part of his April Fool's Day collection. And once she puts on the glasses, strange figures appear and can't be explained.
1: Dun, dun,
0: dun. Ooh. Spooky. So yeah, that's the IMDb summary. My, <laughs> my on the fly summary that I came up with like 10 minutes ago that I didn't write down. Like a little turd prankster that nobody really likes gets in way over his head. With a prank mm-hmm. and to where like he doesn't even believe it's really true and his girlfriend is the one that has to deal with <laughs> his shit. Actually,
1: yeah, there you go. When she's That's like, good. all that stuff
0: you were saying, it's happening. He's like,
1: gaslighting. Yeah,
0: right. He just gaslights her. <laughs> <laughs> but It's so ridiculous. But I like that aspect of their characters because it plays into Gary's approach to the characters and it plays into their character arcs as well. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. So I'm only going to give up top our main players, and then I'll address the other characters as we meet them.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're at school, so it's like they, they're coming across all these folks in their day. Yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs> so our main characters are, I'm saying Mary Beth is the lead. Not, not Weeds. Okay. I know Weeds gets a lot of attention, but it becomes her story.
1: I would agree. It becomes her story. Yeah. So
0: So Beth is our lead. It
1: happens in her house.
0: Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, yeah, she's the one that sees the all the apparitions, right? Definitely. So Mary Beth is played by Graydon de Miro. Nice. I think that's correct. Very French. And she played Lorraine in the Mystery Files of Shelby Woo as well. Oh. Which I don't know if that took off. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I knew that. Okay, sweet. Wasn't, she, yeah, wasn't
1: she... it a, was it a Disney show? Uh,
0: I'm not sure the platform.
1: Oh, I can't uh, remember, but I, that maybe. sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen it. Quite possibly. I also love the possibly. name Lorraine. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because of Back to the Future. Oh yeah? <laughs> but I just, I, I like that name and I think it's definitely has to do with my Family's obsession with Back to the Future.
0: Uh, Weeds is played by Eugene Burt, and he did, uh, he was in the show Bones on for a few seasons as one of the doctors. And he looks uh, the exact
1: same. Yeah. Like, as soon as you said that, I can see his, like, I can already see his face because I just watched the episode, yeah. but like, right. he looks the same growing up. Oh, he like, absolutely. He's does. a distinct guy. He
0: was um, in Dead Man with Johnny Depp, this obscure little film. He was on The Cosby Show. Yep. And uh, he was on another a little show called Ghost Rider. Ooh. The third of our main characters is (laughs) Sardo, not Sardo and not Mr. Sardo.
1: I was going to correct you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's another kind of, uh, he's like a Dr. Vink.
1: Mm, Very, very similar.
0: He's played by Richard M. Dumont, very prolific voice actor, like a bunch of video games and a bunch of like animated things. But like he also did voices for the game Splinter Cell. Uh, And those are my favorite games of all time. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I love them. They don't, I don't think they make them anymore, but I can't even play them now. I really wish I could.
1: I'm sure you can get like an emulator. Yeah.
0: I'm not that tech savvy. <laughs> I don't know what all that stuff You're is. You're way
1: more tech savvy than you used to be. You could figure it
0: out. And he comes back to play Sardo uh, in future episodes. Uh, and he always has the same name, but he's like doing something different. And his main thing is everybody calls him Mr. Sardo and it's real flat on the dough. So he's like, there's no Mr. Accent on the dough.
1: Every time, just like Dr. Know,
0: Vink. Vuh, vuh, vuh. Vuh, vuh, vuh. all these like adults, these ridiculous adults have their like catchphrases. You know, they're like their pull string catchphrases. You know, man, um, I
1: often in life get frustrated with people that I feel like only say the same three things. I literally have called it like a pull string catchphrase before. Yeah, just people that I that I talk to where I have trouble interacting because I feel like that's all they'll ever say. So it's a personal pet peeve, mm-hmm. but yep. you know, oh
0: yeah, I've got that too. I. Uh... Mm can think of one in particular. Her name is Kaylin. <laughs> no, no, not really. Actually, I'm thinking of another friend. I
1: pray that I'm not – that is the last – like I would rather be so many things <laughs> other than that. That would actually insult me if somebody felt like I was that way. I, f- I feel no. like I have a lot to say and contribute to the world. Um, and I hope I don't have any pull string catchphrases. I hope I'm a very difficult person to imitate. You know how sometimes you can do a really good impression of a person if they have something they say all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that nobody can imitate me
0: no i don't have anything like that for you nice nothing like that <laughs> goal achieved just the one or two things <laughs> besides that i don't have anything else but yeah i have other friends that they just constantly like i could write them as a tv yeah. show character because same. they just repeat they the same themselves. thing yeah can't do it yeah but david borrows sardo for one story and eventually in the future, Gary's little brother, Tucker, mm-hmm. when he joins the Midnight Society, he uses Sardot, but we're getting you know way ahead of ourselves with Tucker. <laughs> Those are our main three characters. I'll get to the other ones as we get to them because they're less significant, not to be like rude, but oh, that's just the truth. How dare you? They're, they're just as important. significant.
1: Everybody is just as important. <laughs> no, they're not. As people. the other. <laughs> some,
0: some people are less. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On a TV show, anyway. maybe. In billing, sure.
0: Let's- Jump right into the tale of the super specs. What's up, specs? I always hated that name for people who wear glasses. I know specs. It's just so like four eyes. I just don't get it. It's so stupid. I
1: definitely remember a kid in my class. Like other people calling him four eyes, but I don't think anybody ever referenced "quote unquote" specs.
0: Uh, the quick little breakdown of all the sick burns in this episode
1: oh nice
0: there aren't that many this is
1: one of my favorite parts i love this
0: yeah (laughs) i should do a better job i don't (laughs) i don't do them for every episode but not every episode has that many like a bunch of insults it depends on the writer i think Mm -hmm. i think i think dj McHale likes insults he uses a lot of the same ones and i think when they're like other writers they don't always you know pump these episodes full Mm -hmm. of uh silly ridiculous little it's just it's Burns. like
1: the writers were adults, and they're like, "How do kids talk? Let's just
0: yeah. let's <laughs> just <laughs> kids are mean. Kids suck." Um, so a show favorite is Toad. Mm, yep. Wacko. Yeah. Um, Doofus. And I, okay, so Doofus is one of those that everyone knows, you know, Doofus. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder if, like, at the time, how uh, in the like mainstream like lexicon, I don't know, was I didn't Doofus use like Doofus when? A lot. When do certain words become? everyday common. uh, I feel like Doofus
1: is honestly older, like older than our childhood. I feel like that would have been before our time almost.
0: Yeah. But even like jerk meant something totally different in the fifties. That's true. How did these words evolve?
1: I feel like primarily because I wasn't allowed to use words like stupid (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I was a child. Same. I remember calling my sister a weirdo. Like we would call each other weirdo because that was the only thing that we wouldn't get in like severe trouble for. Yeah. We would still get in trouble, but Maybe not as much, and it was like sometimes you just couldn't express how angry you were or how annoying that that person was being. And the only thing I could use was Touch weirdo, oh, weirdo, <laughs> and I'm sure she would say the same thing.
0: Somebody should have told your mom about the uh, the word, the correlation between weird and witches. Oh, she would have never. Then I wouldn't have been allowed would have been, to use that one.
1: That would what like, would I have done? Where would all my emotions have gone? I had no outlet. Oh
0: no, you just would have started killing people. Probably.
1: <laughs> More than likely.
0: Gotta my have sister outlets. first.
1: That would be a problem.
0: First and foremost, yeah. Uh, so sucker mm-hmm. is another one, which I th- I really thought was hilarious. The moment where the kid the kid Mark calls weeds a sucker, I was just like, man, sucker! You're such a little punk. God, you're such a punchable face. <laughs> um, and then my favorite is one sick little puppy.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that one. (laughs) I was going to say that one if you didn't, because I love that one. Yeah. I also think of the band The Sick
0: Puppies. So, Well, there's that. There's that. I'm sure I missed some insults, but those are the ones that I noticed and wrote down. So this episode opens in the most unique way across the series. From what I can tell, I did a little bit of research. Mm -hmm. I think this is the only time this ever happens. Yeah. That we open on an episode where they're not... It's Well, it opens. I'll just say what it is.
1: You're really building up to this. I'm ready. You're creating an anticipation. Yeah,
0: and you know what happens. <laughs> it opens during the day, and it's between two society members uh, at a location that is not around the campfire.
1: Where are they, Christian?
0: They are at Gary's dad's magic shop.
1: Magic shop? What do you mean?
0: It's a magic shop. So we now know Gary reveals to us that his dad owns a magic shop, and- I think that is impeccable. I agree. It's amazing. That was one of the things you were saying about where his story ideas come yeah, from because
1: his dad owns a magic shop. So dad owns magic cursed shop. objects are probably pretty commonplace for him. Right. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> so if you also notice Gary is not wearing his glasses.
1: I did notice that. I wrote yeah. that down as well. I
0: thought it was a weird uh thing, it's I guess. Foreboding
1: I for it's... this episode.
0: I guess I get it, but he wears glasses. I don't know why he wouldn't, unless he was just trying to look real smooth in front of Kristen. Well,
1: that's what I was about to say as well. Like, I feel like he- Gets like his tone and everything. I I don't know if it's like he's in his element. He's in his dad's shop, where I guess maybe he works and he feels cool. Yeah, he feels very confident where he is, but he sounds real flirty when he's talking with her.
0: He's got he's like his tone
1: is really like suave.
0: He's got some moves. I think he's got some tricks up his sleeve for sure. Well, he
1: works in a magic shop, so he should. (laughs)
0: Exactly, but uh, yeah. (laughs) So you know, there's also this interesting thing where uh, you know they go to different schools they have different friends they don't really know each other in their real lives except they're hanging out at Gary Stad's magic shop so i think they they introduce that and then they just like all right these are friends they hang out like yeah maybe they just met when they met they had different friends
1: probably and they, did, they didn't I, know each other and also like we don't but know but again how, how do
0: you know each other if you if you meet how do you meet in the woods if you don't know each
1: other yeah and we don't know how often it's not like they're all hanging out there all the time probably she's no. she doesn't seem to be super comfortable it doesn't it's seem like it's her first like time a there hangout. yeah
0: yeah i mean she's like this is your dad's shop he's definitely like hey what mm-hmm. you doing right now you want to get an ice cream and go see my dad's <laughs> magic shop probably uh so they're hanging out and the first shot is you know gary he's got this little This toy little guillotine. He's giving her the old finger in the guillotine trick. (laughs) Put your finger in my guillotine. (laughs) I was Um, waiting for that. (laughs) And uh, he tells her that this magic shop is where he gets all of his story ideas because it's full of, and I quote, all sorts of strange and voodoo and occult stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, pretty spot on for this episode. Makes sense. (sighs) And so Kristen has to break his heart real quick and tell him The others have been saying your stories aren't that scary lately.
1: And this is like clearly the worst insult that could possibly be bestowed at this moment.
0: His reaction. He just looks at her and he's like, who's saying that? (laughs) He's (laughs) just real
1: like... Who said that? It's as if, like, she's just revealed that they're like. It's like just, you're
0: getting soft, Johnny. Yeah, just saying it's you're getting really soft. Really,
1: you're chicken. Who's saying I'm it's telling soft. Martin back to the back to the future. It's as if they kinda, just told yeah. Marty McFly that he's a chicken.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like he's hurt, he's insulted, but he doesn't let it phase him though, because Gary's awesome. He's just kind of like, okay, all right, I'll show I'm you. I'll show him what's what. Yeah, but you know, her her mentioning also like people are saying your stories aren't scary lately is just further proof that we were right they meet way more often than we get to see. Mm-hmm. There are many more stories being told. And my working theory now is that we don't just see their stories sometimes or we get to hear their stories sometimes. We're just hearing the highlights. Right. So the top 13 scares of the year. Wow. So, you know, she picks up, a pair of glasses and he's like, yeah, those are called super specs. They give you x-ray vision,
1: x-ray vision. <laughs> and of course
0: he puts them on. He makes the first of two yowza mm-hmm. jokes in this episode. I
1: thought that was like, I mean, for a good yeah. show, it's kind it's of it's pretty heavy.
0: Yeah. For a pretty, pretty dark for um,
1: pretty dark. Kid's but show. I feel like, I feel like it happens in a lot of like anytime x-ray vision is mentioned that I can recall. Like, I it's mean, always
0: about a girl's clothes. Always, being
1: always, every time. Always. Every time. I feel like it's a weird trope.
0: So they're discussing about like a belief in magic. And Gary says that he thinks it's better to keep an open mind and be ready for surprises. Expect the unexpected, if you will. Um, so he holds out the glasses and there's just this really amazing 90s uh you know vfx shot of the smoke covering his hand and when the smoke clears the glasses are gone right Mm -hmm. spooky transition to the midnight society so that's our introduction uh and i don't know if originally that came as a cold open before the credits this time I read something as a bit of trivia that said that that came before the quote-unquote introduction. Oh. So I don't know if somebody's mistakenly calling the opening credits, like the opening title, the introduction, or if they just meant before we go-
1: Introduction of the campfire. Yeah,
0: before we go to the campfire, this yeah. happens before that. I don't know exactly. I wish I could go back to September 1992, or August for that for that matter, mm-hmm. and just watch the whole season, but I can't. I know you're surprised.
1: <laughs> I, it is interesting that they start- Somewhere other than the campfire though. Like very rare. Apparently, may or may not ever happen. I think it's the only time.
0: Yeah. At least in the in the original series, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I wish they'd done more of that, honestly. I like seeing into their lives and Me
1: what they too. Do. It, may, it adds realism. I like
0: both. I like that we only see them at the fire, but I also like the idea of seeing them other places too. It's just, you know, can't be pleased. But yeah, so there were super spec type glasses when we were kids around. I don't know if you ever had a pair of x-ray vision glasses.
1: No, I had like the 3d glasses from movies
0: right yeah well they had that's very
1: different
0: um and they had the like ozone glasses where you could put those on and go out and like see the discoloration in the sky where the ozone's supposed to be it's a whole nickelodeon thing all that stuff i don't it never really worked it's all it's all a gag but obviously so were these super specs but i had x-ray vision glasses that i got from uh, it's another one of those things in the back of my mind i cannot remember i don't know if the scholastic magazines had like Toys, mm-hmm. things you could buy. They did. But I definitely got a pair of X-ray vision glasses, and they were this exact thing. Oh. They had the, the color swirls around the super spec, like the, the lenses. They had the little hole in the center that had this kind of like film, like a dark discolored film sort of mm-hmm. uh, plastic over it. And uh, it pretty much looked exactly like the super specs do when we get into the episode and you actually see... What the kids are seeing
1: it's almost kaleidoscope like um, it's like a kaleidoscope a discoloration rainbowy haze. and it
0: it provides you in addition to that with a double vision it doubles the because it distorts it and it, it makes you see two of everything hmm. and so it's it's the exact same like visual effect um as if you like hold your finger up to your nose and you look past your finger at something yeah. else you, f- you keep your focus on like the wall you can see two of your finger you can see through both of your fingers, right because your eye, it's just your eyes being able to see past it. and so it it gives you the optical illusion that you're seeing through your finger, mm-hmm. but you're obviously really not. So it's just a cool trick of the eye that i I think is super cool. And I liked it because I had a pair of glasses like this that that did that. That's really cool. Our kid logic was like, no, but you are seeing through your finger. It's work. It actually it works. works, and people are like, "No, it's not really working." It's like, but it's, I can see through my finger, right?
1: And just just to note, since we mentioned it, the whole joke about oh, I can X-ray vision. I can see under your clothes. No, if it's really X-ray vision, you're seeing their bones. You're seeing a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, like you're yeah. you're not seeing anything. You're exciting. not
0: Superman. I don't
1: know why that's always. Yeah, the you joke. can't.
0: You don't have yeah. selective X-ray vision. You're only going to see. Bones.
1: yeah <laughs> like, sorry that's my soapbox for the moment because
0: girl you got some your poop. bones are
1: so yeah. hot like
0: <laughs> yeah a, a real joke would have been like mm, got milk <laughs> you bones looking strong
1: yeah especially for that time but that was all a hoax too by the way we don't need dairy milk
0: oh no of course of course marketing wow let's just let's just sidebar let's just dive into that real quick <laughs> Let's talk about – let's have milk cast.
1: A milk cast where we discuss mm. how little you actually need dairy milk in your life <sighs> and how we're the only like species on the planet that drinks the milk of something other than our native mammal selves.
0: Yeah, we're also the only species that drink milk from nuts and oats true. and stuff too. That's true. You're not wrong. I prefer almond milk anyway. Same milk cast coming to you i'm also
1: just bitter because i'm became lactose intolerant as an adult so i know what i'm missing
0: yeah you just wish you could drink cow milk and i
1: can't have ice cream and cheese so i'm really just bitter you can probably ignore (laughs) me
0: oh i do (laughs) all right so moving on ignoring you um we do the sick fade uh to the campfire and the midnight Society is there they're you know setting up they're building the fire collecting wood all that stuff i kind of like these um realistic looks at like what happens just before the meetings too. like because yeah, they're, sort they're of,
1: getting ready. Preparing. They're getting
0: ready. Gary's not there. So they're taking that time to, um, you know, further discuss how Gary's stories aren't really any good anymore.
1: Moral of the story, if you're, t- if you're a storyteller at the Midnight Society, please show up on time. Elsewise, everyone's going to talk shit about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> So Gary, you know, he's he's not there. David's not there. And there's this point of view shot, this POV from the woods looking at the members uh, through like the bushes, right? And one voice whispers, now? And another whispers, no,
1: not yet. Mm, that is key.
0: So Kiki's over there. She's like- Man, I can't remember the last time Gary scared me. And as she turns around, you know, Gary's standing there and she jumps and she's uh-huh. like, geez, you scared me. Ha-ha. Uh, g- just g- great writing. I mean, just <laughs> solid, solid so writing.
1: Good. So
0: good. So uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Gary apologizes for being late, which, if if we remember from one of the recent episodes, uh, Gary was all butthurt about people being late, and he was like, "We're gonna have to be way more strict about yeah. people being late, yeah, or whatever." I, he said. Yeah,
1: I had a note about that. And too.
0: Gary's late this time, but of course, he has a good reason. Of course, of course, they,
1: they always do.
0: If you're late, I'm upset. But if I'm late, I had a I have an excuse. I have a good reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he he lets everyone know that David can't make it because David is sick this evening. So David won't be. Here. Isn't
1: David the one that was giving Kristen the birthday the gift, the locket? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's David. Yeah. Well, the reason David's not there is because Gary's trying to move in on his woman.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah man, you better. That's just, probably why. You better just chill, <laughs> David. If I see you around the campfire, I'm gonna kick you in the nuts. <laughs> oh no. I'm gonna steal your girl.
1: Man, that that took a turn.
0: Oh, did I get too serious? Sorry.
1: Yeah, a kick in the nuts is very serious. Apparently,
0: I know. I better dial it back. I mean, we're going to (laughs) lose listeners. Oh man, sorry. Close call. Thanks for Mm -hmm. thanks for reeling me back. You're
1: welcome. I'm here to check myself
0: before I wreck myself. That's right. This is the only episode, the only story where David is absent from the storytelling. Wow. I think. The only episode where any member at all is absent from the story. Yeah,
1: I mean, it makes sense. Like, you want everybody in your club to be at the meetings.
0: Gary tells us his story is about three kinds of people. People who believe in magic. People who don't. And people who should
1: (laughs) I thought that was pretty melodramatic and 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 great. I I liked it. I like Gary as
0: a storyteller. I
1: do too. I love Gary. So
0: the... uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark fandom wiki says, uh, the the quote is people who shouldn't, but that's totally wrong.
1: Yeah, it's definitely people who should. It's
0: another big error on the fandom site that they got to go, somebody needs to go back and check all this. I feel
1: like nobody but us has been looking at that in the past
0: Probably not. I hope not. That means the other podcasts that do this are not being very efficient.
1: (laughs) Oh, wait. You're right. I, I bet they probably are. Sorry. They probably are. Other than them and us.
0: But if not- all the better to talk into your ears, with my friends, my my dears,
1: <laughs> talk into your ears.
0: Mm, my mouth's pretty big. No, all the better to
1: talk into your ears. Your life.
0: ASMR radio. Ugh. Welcome.
1: I don't like ASMR. Do you like ASMR? Have we talked it, about this it, before?
0: I'm sure we have. I don't mm-hmm. know if this is the time and place, but I, I don't like it. It doesn't do. It doesn't do it for me.
1: It makes me uncomfortable. Like it hurts me almost. Like I get the tingling sensation that they talk about, but it's unpleasant.
0: I don't anyway, know that we don't I get have that. do to discuss, but yeah, I mean, hot, I could, hot
1: take. Not <laughs> ASMR
0: fans. I'm not a big fan of it. No, I, I like I like some of the echoes it's having in the film world, the film and in, in commercial world. I like better sound design in commercials specifically because I hate commercials and I hate when they're on like my streaming platforms. But oh. sometimes they sound really you good they now because they scream
1: at me on Hulu. No,
0: well, when like the ones that are that are chill and they're putting a lot more emphasis and focus on good sounds, like. Sounds that have texture.
1: Yeah. We probably have talked about this because we've been popping, popping cans.
0: R- right. Pop, yeah.
1: Mm, wow. That was a really uncanny, like, imitation. Thanks.
0: Anyway, so go correct the fandom, whoever, wiki, whoever. It's people who should believe. So he throws a handful of that tasty midnight dust on the fire mm. and submits for the approval of the Midnight Society, the tale of the Super Specs. Woo-hoo. This is also one of the ways in which b- the lead up to like, sometimes they're really like on the nose about how they lead up from the Midnight Society shenanigans to the story. This one is like, it's, it's so intense. It's so insane. Like we open on the, like it's shot at the same magic shop. Yeah. As yes. Gary's dad's yep. magic shop. And the two characters, the boy and girl are wearing the like exact same clothes. Yeah. That Gary and Kristen were wearing at the magic shop. <laughs> And so it's like, yeah, it's cool. And I'm going to call
1: Storyception. I'm
0: going to call back to this at the end. Okay. But they do this pretty intentionally. It's really, really fun. It's a fun nod to this twist ending we have at the end. It's so we know off the bat, April Fool's Day is coming up, which again is also very strange because this aired in September.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you're right.
0: It's September. And we're talking about about April Fool's Day. So, well, that's weird. I watch.
1: you know, I don't necessarily expect the shows that I watch. Like, I know that a lot of sitcoms are Friends, How Much Your Mother. They, they do now. Yeah, a lot of them do try to keep with the, the timing, The Office even. They kept yeah. with the yeah. timing of what was happening. But, I mean, I don't know. It It wouldn't surprise me that much, especially since – we're now used to watching everything on demand. It's like you're watching it whenever you want, but obviously that wasn't the case. What I just mean then.
0: if it's going to air in September, I just think it's interesting that they would talk about something that happened like, you know, five months ago. And
1: it seemed like it was springtime at school, you know, like in the episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Maybe Maybe it was concurrent with what was happening as they were filming and not necessarily, obviously, when it was airing.
0: I mean, yeah, possibly, possibly. And Weeds is super into magic. So they're at this magic shop. It's like his favorite magic shop. And he's got this pouch of uh, magic dust, which is, you know, a nod to the midnight dust, I'm sure. Yes. Thanks, Gary. scary. Um, and they call it the dust of Denderon. I uh, tried to research it. Denderon doesn't exist. It's nothing, it's not a thing. They just made it up. They just made it up. That's okay. And he, it's
1: fiction. Good
0: Weeds job. tells us it's probably crushed monkey bones. Uh, he says it's crucial for every you know voodoo spell which looked up crushed monkey bones nothing <laughs> nothing out there in in the Google world about crushed Man. monkey bones
1: so they're just you know taking' so they're swings. just throwing
0: everything out there and he's reading through this book of magic spells and he finds one for second sight and so he then delivers the Pass. incantation sunrise.
1: You gonna tell me that that translates to something? I have no idea. Oh man,
0: I don't think so. Maybe I was hoping so. Do a quick Google.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna type that all out real
0: fast. (laughs) Yeah, real, real quick. And so he says this, and he takes a you know, a handful of this dust and just scatters it into the air, which you know, I don't really know what that was supposed to do, but luckily. It covers yeah. a bunch of these super specs that are on the on the table in front of him.
1: I would have assumed that he was doing it on purpose to the glasses, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be that way, which
0: is no, odd. No, I think he just threw it into the air and it, it landed because it was sort of the shot like, "Ooh, uh oh, the glasses got covered in you know magic dust." So we then learned through their conversation that he's been uh, he's dating this girl named Mary Beth, and they've been seeing each other for a long time now, aka. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Right. Um, so she's like, I'm beginning to think you're not very mature. And then he squeezes mm. this this whoopee cushion. I
1: feel you, Mary Beth. I feel you. That's been me in every relationship I've ever
0: been <laughs> <laughs> You need to lose this guy, Mary Beth. Then reveal Sardo. No mister accent on the dough.
1: If you ever get it wrong, I'm gonna correct you.
0: I probably will. <laughs> uh it's just easier to say DJ
1: s- would want it that way.
0: It's easier to say sardo.
1: It is. It's it's way more natural, which is the point, I think.
0: I'm just going to say Sardo from
1: here on out. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then I won't correct you if you're just making (laughs) that claim. Okay.
0: You can correct me, but I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) But I don't care.
0: So he comes out and he's like, okay, buy something or leave. You know, get out of my magic shop. You know, Weed picks up a pair of these super specs and he's like, hey, what are these? And of course, you know, Sardo tells him, some say they give you x-ray vision. You know, it's very fanciful. And of course, he puts them on. And looks at Marybeth and delivers the second of two yowza <laughs> jokes. So it's yep. like Im- immediate. So Gary's like just pulling directly from what he did that day.
1: Yeah. Just a That's parallel. Much He's it. created this story around his life. He's c- yeah.
0: like, <laughs> yeah. I could see him just like glance over at Kristen, and just like wink at her. <laughs> like, right.
1: Like, you know what happens here.
0: You remember when my finger was in the guillotine? <laughs> the guillotine time?
1: Oh my- <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Uh, we'll always have the guillotine. <laughs> we'll um, always
1: have the guillotine.
0: So anyway, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get these. And he he just insists that Mary Beth put them on because they're goof.
1: A goof, yeah.
0: And she, I love that she says, I wouldn't wear those to my funeral.
1: I know. That's so 90s to say.
0: Like it's so 90s, so extremist. And I think I used that before. Yeah. And of course, he, he's insisting she do it because he's not going to take no for an answer. What boy would take no for an answer? So, yeah, she puts him on. What and boy s- would take
1: no for an answer? Sorry. She's <laughs> getting to my brain a little bit delayed.
0: Yeah, you, you, took a, you took a second. I was waiting for you to answer. I took a
1: second because it hurt, I guess. <laughs> it was painful. Yeah,
0: that was for you to comment on. Um,
1: well, to that I say,
0: sorry. don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so she puts him on. She's like, fine. And she sees a uh, figure standing at the back of the store mm, yes and there's this person standing in this full like black mesh outfit from head to toe solid black
1: yeah I have a note that it, it's like a blackout suit it's like you know party city like one of the party stores you can yes. buy all these colored suits of different you know it's all like the stretchy material right, right and it literally just looks like somebody wearing a black version of that yeah
0: pretty much yeah and she like freaks out, takes them off, and she's like, "Where'd that person go? There was somebody there." Uh, he calls her a wacko, kisses her cheek, and then just like walks away. <laughs> I love how he like
1: wants her to buy in, wants her to play along, like wants her to play the game, and then as soon she as she does, he's like, oh, "Screw you!"
0: He's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're crazy."
1: Gaslighting.
0: So yeah, he gaslights her this entire episode. It's really pretty pitiful. Now we cut to school. They're all sitting outside doing their stuff, and and Weeds is going to proceed to try to like pull some pranks on a bunch of people at school today. It's April, it's April Fool's now. Uh, he's reading a book called Voodoo Made Easy, <laughs> which, <laughs> Voodoo you know, for Dummies. Yeah, I wish it was that simple and like innocent and guilt-free. Like you could just like, yeah, I think I'll just try some magic today. I'm just try some voodoo real quick because magic mm. doesn't take from you more than it actually gives you. Come and on, and
1: it's not like an actual religious tradition <laughs> practiced by people.
0: Yeah, right. Of course exactly. not. And so there are these two girls sitting uh, on the other side of the tree, against the trunk where he's sitting, and they're dressed like identical. They have the exact same shirt on.
1: (laughs) I didn't notice that.
0: And these characters are not addressed by name. One is named Patty and the other is named Catherine. Okay. Patty is supposedly played by Carol Ann Gascon and Catherine is played by Annette Boozy. So I don't know which one's which, but it's these (laughs) two girls. (laughs) That's sad. So he plays this prank where he's gonna steal one of their yogurt cups.
1: This kind of bothered me. Sprinkling
0: this nasty ass crush monkey bone powder Enter her cup of yogurt. She
1: reaches over, takes her yogurt, and puts it back like he's spiking it.
0: Yeah. It was that was a
1: weird subliminal thing. I did not like pretty it. Pretty date rapey. Yeah.
0: He kind of is the worst of every guy Ugh. in this episode. He kind of is bad. He's dismissive, gaslighty, insulting, sort of. He wants to do everything his way. He wants to put something in your food slash drink and not have any consequences and yet, when you call him out or you talk about it, he's like, "What? You're not taking this seriously, are you?" Yeah,
1: it's just a prank. <laughs>
0: drugged you as a prank. You didn't get it. You didn't think it was funny.
1: That's just like you not to get it.
0: <laughs> when he goes to put the yogurt back down, the girl grabs his arm and pulls him down. So, like, throws him on the ground. Hell yes, she should she does. be on the wrestling team. I mean, she's like, "Get on the ground! What are you doing, you jerk?" And you know they give him a hard time about it, and as they should, as they should about the pranks. And of course, you don't assume that he's pranking you if he's touching your yogurt cup. You're just like, yeah, I'm gonna eat this yogurt that you were just touching real quick. Yeah. So not to like victim blame, but she definitely did. Like she pulled him to the ground because he was touching her yogurt, and yet she's like, I'm gonna eat this yogurt real quick.
1: That's true. I probably wouldn't have eaten it.
0: What'd you do to it, you creep? You eat it. She takes a bite. Nothing happens like immediately. So he's like,
1: man, what a rip off. Ugh.
0: He leaves. And she, her voice sounds like a chipmunk. So <laughs> it did work. But it's interesting, though, that it didn't work while he was watching. Oh. It worked after he left.
1: Interesting. So
0: that happens a couple more times. Um, and it plays into their character arcs and the whole concept of this magic having a mind of its own.
1: It's not going to do what he wants it to do.
0: Right. You give it life, it's like Frankenstein's creation, you can't control it once you create it, it's its own being, it can do whatever it wants. If you bring it to life, uh, you're sort of at its mercy.
1: Do you know what I'm at the mercy of?
0: A full bladder.
1: Well, no, not currently, it just took care of that. But there's this girl that dials into our Monday morning meetings uh, at work and- Oh yeah, what's her name? Well she's just a girl and every time she takes her computer off the dock or whatever and brings it back on Monday
0: mm-hmm.
1: her microphone without fail makes her sound like a chipmunk. Oh no. So it's just like we'll all be like having a serious meeting and then somebody will ask her a question and she'll just go me 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 me. And the first time it was funny, like it was funny. We all laughed. But every time since then, I'm forced to every single Monday without fail, there will be a time when somebody speaks to her and then it's meow, 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 and then somebody's like, "Oh no, hey, you sound like a chipmunk again. And then everybody laughs and I'm just like, please kill me. Kill me now.
0: Sounds like Cousin It from Adam's Smith.
1: Yeah, it is exactly like that. But it's just like recurring and I'm held in this vicious cycle Gosh. and everybody each time somehow talk about pull string phrases they just think it's so funny each and every time man it's not new anymore it's more off for me i don't find it funny we've been work, like doing this whole zoom thing for over a year yeah wow get it together, get it together anyway guys. that's anyway that's what i'm held at the mercy of but nice i digress
0: uh so uh he goes inside he's gonna play a prank on his mark or his, his friend mark
1: <laughs> his mark uh
0: his mark which again another character that shouldn't have a name but does he's never, <laughs> he's never called mark he's played by errol tenenbaum and what a dope name
1: that is a great name he
0: uh, opens his locker and a like spring-loaded fist punches him in the face <laughs> like it's <laughs> crazy and weeds is watching the whole time wearing the super specs you know, so he comes out laughing and it's just it's just the worst kind of kid, man. I hate kids that do that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you should have seen your face. And you're Ugh. like, I didn't, I didn't make a face. I
1: can see you getting really worked up about something I like get that. mad about
0: stuff like that. Yeah, kids would do stuff and be like, oh, man, you reacted like this. I'm like, I literally did the opposite. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so this kid should be on the boxing team while the other chick is on the wrestling team for sure because he's just – Taking licks. Like, no, nobody's <laughs> business. Um, so he's like, What are those glasses? And Mary Beth shows up at this exact moment, puts them on, and she's like, They're magic glasses that make you look cool. So she puts them on to show how you know how cool she looks. Down the hall, she sees another kind of like spooky shadow person, a phantom person.
1: That seems almost dressed like a nun. Yeah,
0: she's definitely
1: nun vibes.
0: If a nun wore a totally Totally black hood.
1: It's like a habit, but yeah, the black suit again.
0: It's pretty ominous. It's a pretty scary shot. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Like that's a pretty spooky thing. It's weird. She takes the glasses off and sees that there's no one there. And, you know, she's like, I just saw somebody again. Where'd that woman go? But, you know, these two guys are both like, Okay, yeah, you saw somebody. April fools, sure.
1: Is that whenever I have it written down. I don't remember if it's in this moment, but Weeds is like, yeah, this is getting really old and be.
0: No, that's next.
1: Okay. Yeah, oh. th- this
0: time they just walk away. They're don't worry, like, the
1: gaslighting continues. There's more where that came from.
0: Now we do cut immediately to, it's the end of the school day. Everybody's leaving. Marybeth and Weeds are arguing about whether or not Marybeth is actually seeing something or seeing people when she wears the glasses. And he's like, yeah, this is getting really old. You know, it, it was not, it's not funny anymore.
1: You're one to talk, dude. So
0: she puts them on again, and there's this moment where she sees the woman across the yard by this tree. And she's like, look over there by the tree. You're going to see her. He doesn't see anything, of course. And she puts him back on to see if the woman's gone. And the woman is still there. Mm. So yeah, it's kind of hilarious because she like screams ah. and it's cut off short. The, the cut is weird. I was,
1: I, yeah, I have that note too. It's like her scream is just like abruptly cut off.
0: Yeah. And then it cuts to her like not screaming. And she throws the glasses in the trash can and storms off. You think he just like leaves them there?
1: He seems done with the whole I guess he joke. seems done. It's not his idea anymore. So right.
0: Yeah, she took it from him. She's taking <laughs> the prank too far. I know
1: I'm putting a lot on this kid, but like, dude, I've known these guys. So I no,
0: I think that's accurate. Now, weeds and Mark are playing. Horse on the old blacktop. <laughs>
1: They're talking a lot of smack for a game of this horse. This is
0: yeah. This is where he's like, he's like, yeah, that's it. H O R S. Mm-hmm. One more and you lose, sucker. Like I'm like, Dude, <laughs> yeah,
1: really, it really laying in on thick. Mm-hmm. I loved to play horse. I really did. I was good at it. I enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: horse is fun. I like. I like horse. I played many, many a game. So weeds, ever the sore loser, he takes the ball with his back turned and uh, sprinkles some of the the dust on the ball. And, you know, says another spell. So he's keeping this open pouch of dust in his pocket while he's playing horse. like, And it's not spilling out everywhere, which I just find miraculous. It is. And of course, he shoots a shot. He misses it. Once again, showing Weeds that it this magic isn't working. So it's further proof for him that it doesn't work. It's not real. It's just feeding his disbelief, right? It's bogus. So he throws the ball over his head, you know, nonchalant and sinks it, you know, nothing but net. Yep swoosh
1: swoosh
0: money so it happened behind his back as soon as he walked away didn't see it it worked
1: nice yeah right, true
0: this is the second time it's happened so meanwhile Mary Beth is walking home with one of the girls from the schoolyard I don't know which one we yeah not the chipmunk wrestler the other one.
1: To be clear, she doesn't wrestle chipmunks. She sounds like a chipmunk the, and she's yes. a wrestler because she yes. attacked him. Got it. Exactly.
0: For all Got we it. know, she is a chipmunk now. Maybe the spell continued. Who knows? Started with her voice and it worked its way down. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. She's not there. She doesn't
1: sound like... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we don't know what she sounds like at this point. So She's gone. Can you imagine if that just affected her for the rest of her life? What if it never wore off?
0: She just had to What if that's like how that? she sounds? Yeah, could be.
1: She's like in her 50s now. <laughs> just... 40s at least she
0: has like chipmunk but like with like smoker's voice
1: yeah that's her now
0: i can't even do it but I wasn't bad um so mary beth is telling her about this woman she keeps seeing and she's complaining about weeds and all this stuff she's telling about about her day and um you know she looks in in her purse and surprise surprise the super specs are in her purse. Oh. But I thought she threw them away. So she runs all the way back to what we now see uh, the name of this magic shop is the Magic Mansion. Yes. Basically, it's 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 closed. It's locked. She just pushes them in through the mail slot, like, you know, take them back. I don't want them. And then she goes home. You know, all should be well. But once again, they're in her bag. <laughs> so, you know, what else are you going to do? But uh, put them on. Again even though that's the only time you're actually afraid and worried about them.
1: Is when you wear them.
0: Right. Now we play this very long game of like looky-loo and wandering through the house looking at stuff. It yeah, takes a long time. It does. So we're just going to summarize.
1: Also, there's a there's a cookie jar in the shape of a leopard. If you don't have that in yes, your summary. I,
0: I noticed that.
1: Weird. Was this a decor trend at the time? Because I don't think I knew anybody with a leopard cookie
0: jar. I don't know. Like a
1: whole leopard, the whole thing. It
0: was a whole porcelain leopard. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my cookie jar is a jaguar, so I don't really... <laughs> I, I mean, mine's
1: thing. a lion, so I don't understand the leopard yeah.
0: thing. The leopard thing's weird. I don't get it. My school mascot uh, growing up was the, the leopards.
1: You should have had this cookie jar. I
0: should have. They should have given away, given them away every year. Graduate <laughs> kindergarten, they're like, here's a leopard cookie jar. <laughs> Good for you. You made it. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. So, the first thing she sees is this is like copper tea kettle on the stove. Um, she passes her hand through it. This is all playing into the idea of like the spell was for second sight. Not second feel, not second <laughs> hear, not second base. Nobody, Sorry. Weeds is not getting a second base no, there right now. No, certainly not. He's going to hit some foul balls. He's going to strike out. Yeah. You can just see the kettle. She walks past this burning fire in the hearth. And when
1: she looks at the fireplace, she has this weird, like misplaced. She goes, oh man. Oh man.
0: Yeah. It's like, why is it's that worse?
1: Like it's very, oh, it's not, it doesn't fit the character. The,
0: the kettle, the kettle would have gotten me
1: sure yeah you can tell there's nothing on your stove but you see a kettle that's weird that's trippy i don't get it the fire is what put her over the edge
0: she goes all the way walks all the way through the house all the way back to this back bedroom where she sees the same spooky lady the phantom lady holding her book and this woman now points directly at her. Yes. Which I may have missed that. I think I think she points at her at the um at the uh, tree.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, she points at her.
0: Here's the significance that I've found or I drew from this is that not only can she see the shadow people, but they can see her. Right. Right. That's why she screamed in the schoolyard. Yeah. Because the woman pointed at her. Saw her. So that told her, "Oh no, this thing can see me." Mm-hmm. And that doesn't exactly translate But when you think about it, if I were to see something that I wasn't sure if it was there, but if it were to turn and look at me. Yeah,
1: that's a problem.
0: That would scare me.
1: Yeah, same. And they don't have the benefit of having like visible eyeballs. So it's, you know, they can't make eye contact. so
0: you don't know. So she has to point at her and tell her, hey, I see you. Right, makes sense. So all of this tracks with this theme and everything. And I hope I can like tie it all together for everybody at the end of this episode, because all of this makes so much sense to me. After finishing it and doing some research, I'm like, man. Nice. DJ McHale, you did a great job writing this because you, you made sure all these things checked off all these boxes. I love it. This is a well-researched episode and a well-planned like planned episode. Yeah. Um, for sure. And that sends us back to the Midnight Society for our regular dose of exposition. They're discussing whether or not the shadow people are actually there physically. Or if she can just see them. Right. They're asking the same questions that we're asking. Like, "Oh, well, I mean, what is Glasses actually doing? What is this? And that leaves us to, they don't answer the question, obviously. So that leaves us to ponder this question for ourselves as we keep watching this episode. Mm-hmm. We go back into the story and, you know, these guys are still playing basketball. And she goes to tell Weed what's happening. Just like, I don't know, expecting him to believe her this time. Or
1: care at all. Or
0: care at all.
1: Because he is her boyfriend. Which, of
0: course, he doesn't and as proof somehow she puts on the glasses again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sees a group of shadow people playing basketball <laughs>
1: yeah I, <laughs> Which is, it was uncomfortable for me it felt, it's pretty
0: ridiculous yeah but she's like screaming and then she runs away she runs right back to the magic mansion
1: where you
0: know sardo <laughs> is there um, he
1: says something interesting when he's kind of blowing her off yeah he's like that's your never mind. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? Mm-hmm. It it made me think of this uh line from the parent trap when uh Chessie's trying to pretend like she doesn't care you know or she it's not her business to be saying something but she's gonna go ahead and share it anyway and she i've always thought it was weird phrasing that's why i guess why it sticks in my head but in that she says it's none of my never mind like (laughs) you know that's what she says and then he said this and i'm like is that something people said in the 90s and i just missed it because nobody that i talked to said that
0: it sounds so archaic. It has yeah. it feels like it has this older
1: That's your never mind. That's your never mind. And the only other time I've ever in my life heard it said was another nineties movie. Yeah. I don't
0: know. Yeah. But throughout this whole scene here in the in the magic shop, we basically learn that Sardo is a hack. He doesn't believe in magic. No
1: kidding. Surprise, no surprise.
0: Way. And he's just selling the illusion of magic, as it were. And she catches him up to speed, tells him what's happening, and he's just sort of waxing off about like, "Oh yes, of course, this is what's happening. Must be yes." Mm -hmm." He clearly
1: doesn't know. He's just
0: making this up off the top of his head. Yeah. But he gives us pretty spot-on exposition. He's just inaccurate. He just gets it wrong. He says, and I quote: "There are beings all around us, all the time, that we can't see because they're in another dimension." Mm. And then he inaccurately surmises that a window to a parallel universe has been opened in her house.
1: Okay, yes.
0: Yes. He says these beings have crossed over because the window is open, and now these beings could take over because they're very dangerous. (laughs) And he doesn't believe any of this, but he's saying it anyway. I don't really know why. Maybe because he's trying to get some money out of her.
1: That's what, yeah, that's my assumption. So
0: it's pretty clear that he's still unconvinced. Um, He's looking for the dust of Dendron, but it's gone. Now we have to involve weeds. That's how we involve weeds. Right.
1: It kind of bothered me that he said that this window has been opened, you know, at her house, but the spell was cast at the shop.
0: At the shop, right. He's wrong.
1: He's just wrong. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Which is
0: Gary's point at the end that, you know, Sardo doesn't know what he's doing. And
1: you probably shouldn't mess with this stuff if you don't know what you're
0: doing. It bothers me. Yeah, it was cast at the shop, but also she's seeing these beings at school. On the basketball court, she saw people in the magic shop. Yeah,
1: it feels way more like it was cast on her.
0: Right. So they're close, but they're not really piecing it all together. <laughs> After the mention of weeds, we cut to weeds about to flush this powder down the toilet. Just so <laughs> this ridiculous. This was I mean, such
1: a weird shot. Like,
0: pouch and all, man. The whole thing. So, he's not awkward. even going to dump it out and throw the pouch away. He's going to just. He's just going to flush the whole pouch. It
1: was just so weird, like awkward. It's weird. And the fact that they, like, they're you're looking up from the toilet bowl. Yeah. Just so you know. awkward.
0: Because he kind of makes this, he reaches into yeah. his pocket for the I pouch. I thought the same thing. It looked like he was about to, you know, go pull the it the out bathroom. and just go to the bathroom. It did, right, and I didn't yeah, the know the if it was on
1: purpose. <laughs> I didn't know if they noticed that, but I was very put off by it. I guess I was it was like, supposed is... to
0: make kids think for a second he's about to go, yeah, just pee. Is
1: that supposed to be funny? Like, I don't
0: know. It was questionable at best, for sure. But he pulls out the pouch and uh, he's about to drop it in. But Mary Beth just like
1: appears out of nowhere,
0: takes it, and she's like, if you flush it, you're going in after it. (laughs) So ridiculous. I can see that being like an alternate. Like, (laughs) yeah. We have this way or we have this fun toilet shot.
1: Right. Kids love toilets. Kids love toilets. Yeah. Toilet humor.
0: And now we cut to the big final climactic scene of this whole story Mm -hmm. where they're in her house. And Sardo has this, you know, crystal ball and he's just saying Alakazam. I want
1: one. It's a beautiful a crystal, crystal ball. ball? Yeah, I do. It really
0: is beautiful. I'll get you one. <laughs> Your birthday's coming up. So.
1: That's true. A <laughs> crystal ball for my birthday. I just think they're very, I love the way that they look. They're pretty.
0: They really are. <laughs> yeah, so he's just repeating Alakazam over and over and over and then he's speaking all kinds of nonsense. And Weeds is just not buying it. He's not having it. So this is the point where I have my note about the character arcs. Mm. Weeds. Is now the one who doesn't believe.
1: Mm-hmm. He's the
0: skeptic. He's giving her a hard time. Yeah, I mean, he has been this whole time, but now it's full fledged. Like angry. He's like angry. Yeah, he thinks like Sardo was cool because he owned the magic shop. Now he's upset that Sardo is involved in their lives, and he's like, "You're losing your mind." It's he's angry because it's like beginning to kind of scare him. I guess because yeah. he's like, it "I don't know like what's happening." It feels
1: like she's bought into something. Out. That's. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I liked this uh, character development for these people because they flip and like they reverse. They become like a more true, complete version of each other who, from who they were in the beginning.
1: Man. So you're giving like, them a lot of credit. She
0: was the skeptic at first, but he becomes this hardened, angry skeptic. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying it's good. I'm yeah, just saying it's just more developed. of a, f- yeah, more of a developed version of the opposite.
1: Right.
0: And he. Liked magic, wanted to believe, wanted it to work, but it didn't really work for him all that well. But now she doesn't necessarily want it to work, but she believes wholeheartedly because of what she's seen. Yeah. So she becomes what he wanted to be in the beginning, and he's becoming what he didn't like to see in her in the beginning.
1: Huh.
0: I thought thought it was honestly just smooth character development. Yeah, like story arc for these for these characters as
1: they're going through the experiences. Yeah,
0: in like a twenty minute episode of something, yeah. I was like, man, this is pretty thorough. So the spell really isn't working; nothing is really happening until she reminds Sardo to use the the dust of Dendro. Probably more coffee mate conversation. Uh, yeah, I forgot to say that. Yeah, it's probably just more coffee. <laughs> the yeah, the midnight dust for sure. And you know, as soon as he uses the dust the lights go out Boy, uh, do the table they. starts rocking around now they're in this like suspended darkness the table everything's moving like they're on Fun a boat
1: Seance seance
0: and when everything starts happening basically Sardo reveals and admits that he doesn't know what he's doing and he, he's like surprised that the dust is actually real that something is actually happening he can't believe it and she puts on the glasses to see what she can see and you know she's seeing all these shadow people everywhere and Weeds is like take them off because you can see them without the glasses. Ugh. So big reveal, very scary.
1: Yep, that's the dun done, done, done.
0: Yeah, for sure. Moment. So Sardo finishes the spell, and everything kind of goes quiet. And they think they've solved the problem.
1: It was that easy. They think
0: it worked, until this light turns on, the spotlight turns on, and this pair of enormous dark eyes <laughs> appears out of the shadows. And the spooky voice says... With the seal Two exist on the same plane. must be
1: restored you know what it reminded me of <laughs> what's that well probably i guess a couple things like wizard of oz just this ominous disembodied mm-hmm. person speaking from the sky but also you you did you ever see the show fringe have we talked about fringe before mm-hmm. Love that show. Yeah. In the later seasons, not to spoil anything, but there is a lot of discussion of parallel universes and like two universes existing and the way that that tears space and time. And that was immediately where my mind went.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because it can be done really well sometimes. And it's really interesting to me. I like the idea of parallel universes. Well, there are
0: some... Some scientists out there that uh, say it's—they say it's very likely that that's actually happening. So I find it—I find it fascinating. Me too. So the voice continues to speak some new spell. There's this big flash to white, and as all the color comes back in, and we can see clearly. Spoiler: We're in the other dimension. Ooh. It looks almost exactly like her house, and these two kids walk into the room that look very much like Weeds and Mary Beth, although they are. Two new actors. Mm-hmm. So Weed's Alter Ego, as the the name he's given in the <laughs> credits, is played by Paul Emile Frappier. And uh, I haven't confirmed this, but everything says he plays Mr. Killman in the Goosebumps episode, trilogy part one, Squeal of Fortune, which I know that episode very well, but I cannot remember the character. Hmm. And then Mary Beth's Alter Ego is played by Tara Urtara Anik. And this is the only thing she's done. Wow. That I could I could find yep. on IMDB. They
1: snatched him up some Canadian kiddos.
0: So there and there. And in walks this same phantom woman yeah. wearing the mm-hmm. um, the all-black scary clothing, and she takes off the hood. And she's, you know- A lady. normal-looking woman. Yeah. And she's just like, yes, I closed the seal. I'm awesome. I am <laughs> the woman, you know? Yep. Anyway, I thought it was very funny.
1: Yeah, it was um, a little over the top.
0: Yeah, pretty even much.
1: For, even for this.
0: And her credit is the dark lady slash phantom.
1: I love the word phantom.
0: Yeah, me too. Gary calls her the woman in black. Yes. So I don't really know why they didn't just- name her character the woman in black if he calls her that but Rochelle Glate and she returns later to play Mrs. Ritter in the tale of the long ago locket so now we know this is the other dimension these are the people that Marybeth has been seeing the entire time Mm -hmm. and we see Weeds Marybeth and Sardo trapped in the crystal ball yes and they're screaming to be let out pretty dark ending
1: yeah I liked it
0: (laughs) right uh so that tells us, you know, we fade back to the Midnight Society for them to sort of wrap things up and explain what's happening. Kristen is like, so the other universe won. Mm-hmm. Mary Beth and all of them, they were trying to get this, they were trying to get these shadow people to leave and go away. How do we close the window? Instead of just closing the window, the other universe closes it by trapping them mm. in a crystal ball. Somehow.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's Somehow. just
0: them. Or if, or if it's the, the whole that universe. entire universe, I don't know. Track. I yeah. was going to ask Who, what
1: you thought because I don't know. Ah,
0: it's hard to say. I'm going to have to say that they encapsulated the entire universe into a, a an object that's now enchanted and cursed and weird. needs to be hidden at the bottom of a cavern somewhere.
1: That is so weird.
0: Um, so yeah. So Kristen's like, so wait, the other universe wins, and Gary's like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> because the Phantom Lady was kick ass and Sardo was a fake, right you know
1: and he he's like yeah this is how it should be this is how it works which it's kind of interesting not that Mary Beth necessarily did anything wrong but weeds wasn't a great guy mm-hmm. so it's like are they trying to make some point about like morality here like these people weren't that great of people and these people were better
0: i don't know if i'd say that i, I think it's i think it's less of a black and white sort of um oh i don't think there's a moral i think there's no moral to the story i think yeah. i think gary Which I'll get into this in a minute, probably too too heavily, but I'll begin by saying this harkens back to Gary's original point, where he says the story is about three people, three types of people: people who do believe in magic, people who don't, and people who should. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Sardo is the type of person who should have believed in magic, right? He's a fake because
1: he's he's kind of selling the idea. He's selling the
0: idea, yeah, right, that he is this all-knowing, like you know, magical wizard type of guy, and he's not. He's a fraud. He says, but the other woman, she was a real you know, magician or wizard or sorceress or whatever she is. She knew what she was doing. She wasn't a fraud. Mm-hmm. I, I'm reaching because I don't want to believe that there's a moral here. But if anything, it would be like be your best, most like your your the truest
1: most authentic. Be your most
0: authentic self. The truest version, the best version of yourself you can be, whatever that is. Otherwise,
1: your whole universe is gonna collapse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But potentially if you come across your your alter ego on the other side and the other the other, you know, spectral plane and they wanna beat you at your own game. Be better than they are, which is you know? interesting
1: because Fringe kind of does that too. No spoilers, yeah. but uh, well,
0: it's it's a very very real, uh, like well, it's a science fiction, yeah, a common science fiction theme, I would say, or a moral within like a science fiction genre of like be authentic, be the best version of you out there because there's a bunch of you right. out in those other dimensions. So you dimensions. better be the best. I mean, that's like <laughs> that's like Rick and Morty. Rick's mm-hmm. whole thing is that he's the best Rick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he's I, forever. I don't think I'm
1: the best Kalen. I'm sure there's a better one out there somewhere. Right.
0: Well, there's there's a better Morty in every other <laughs> in every other universe. So it's kind of like we're all the Morty. No one's the Rick. Right. Mm-hmm. But Gary's like, be the best Rick, you know? Be the best version that you that you are out there. Cause there's a bunch of you. So anyway, I don't think there's a moral. But I like that Gary's like
1: it's still introspective. It's
0: like, yeah, it's introspection, but it's full-fledged like science fiction meets philosophy. And he's just kind of like, Yeah, they were better, so they won. They deserve to win. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's very matter of fact about he's it.
0: Happy about it. And he's but like, because yeah.
1: I think he really just <laughs> believes that. He has this very like static yeah. idea, which is not really what I thought of him like as a kid. I thought he was this like, I don't know, prolific, open-minded, always learning type of person. I don't know if he is. Well, I'd say he
0: is. When it comes to like a practical thing like this, I think that it's it's more not open minded. Is it
1: idealistic like just he's young and so he wants it to work that, that way? Maybe. We're getting real that, deep into it now. I
0: don't but. know. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that if if Gary believes I would say that Gary is the best version of Gary. He's the best Gary out there. Yeah. Um
1: so it's really easy for him to say.
0: It's easy for him to say that, but yeah. it's also easy for him to be, he would even believe that he's the best Gary because he's always improving himself and always bettering himself. I, I think that Gary has that practical mindset of like, oh, I can be the best if I if I work hard enough.
1: Yeah, for sure. If
0: I study the best, if if I study the hardest and I try to learn this, then I'll be the best. I'm gonna make the best grade on this test. Yep. I think it's I think it's very practical, but he's just confident.
1: <laughs> I mean, look
0: how suave he was talking to Kristen in the magic show with with no <laughs> Glasses on. I mean, he speaking was speaking of
1: Gary being confident, right?
0: He's super confident, Mister Finger in the guillotine. <laughs> but anyway, so that yeah, that was a quick little deep dive. We'll get there in a second. But let's finish this episode. So, presuming that Gary has now redeemed himself in the eyes of his peers (pun intended), <laughs> he hands them each a pair of super specs from his dad's an magic
1: shop. April Fool's gift.
0: It's an April Fool's gift. That's so gift. nice. And this is where I was like, but didn't it release in September? Anyway. <laughs> um, He tells them to put them all on at the count of three. And once they do, there's someone standing there behind Gary wearing that same kind of black shroud, like one of the shadow people from the Mm -hmm. story. You know, Kiki, Eric, and Frank all run away screaming. And Kristen just sits there, you know, all nonchalant. She understands it's a gag. And uh, she's like, so much for your stories not being scary.
1: <laughs> wink, wink.
0: It's, it, it, the guy takes off the hood. It's David. You know, David wasn't sick. Yeah. He was there the whole time. He
1: was in on the joke.
0: Um, waiting for- Yeah, it.
1: just standing in the woods. And
0: then there's this really awkward, like, three-way handshake thing. Yeah. That I really hated to watch. Yeah,
1: the three of them. And then
0: David has to be, like, the third wheel. Like,
1: well, he like, he's, he loves Kristen.
0: He loves her. And he, like, puts his hand on top. Aww. And he's just kind of, like, shakes their hands.
1: Sad. <laughs> it's so awkward. David. It. <laughs> just like,
0: what do you what are you guys doing now are you
1: want to get some ice cream or if they're
0: just like staring into each other's eyes right
1: oh david i'm so sorry anyway, yeah
0: really awkward ending but you know what, what are you gonna do this is one of 21 episodes where the midnight society doesn't douse the fire yes the, the, the last shot is of the three of them being really awkward and cringy it's
1: interesting because i feel like of the episodes that we've discussed so far they rarely do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually the you know exception when they douse the fire. Yeah, which I thought of it in my brain as just a given, as like that's what they do every single time. Yeah, so. I don't know. Well, there we go. So, so that's the end of the episode. Scale of one to ten, how scary was this episode? Scale of that's one great. to ten.
0: So uh, I gave this a six out of ten.
1: Really? Okay. Is that,
0: is that higher than or lower than you thought?
1: It's higher than I thought.
0: Well. There's a reason for that. Yeah.
1: Tell me why.
0: As I've said multiple times, I wore glasses as a kid. Yes. I didn't really separate the two from super specs to just my regular old needing to see glasses. Mm-hmm. So I always had this you know, thought in the back of my mind. I always wondered when the day was going to come that I would get like an updated prescription and get a new pair of like, you know, sweet, sweet specs of my own <laughs> and start seeing shadow people like, uh-huh. around my house
1: you thought that was coming with your glasses as like i a thought given. it could
0: happen any day wow i thought it was just a matter of time if it happens at a magic shop it could happen at the glasses store <laughs> where they make my glasses yeah,
1: they can't sprinkle some, yeah, what, what if, if somebody, they cast somebody who a works a there
0: casts a spell?
1: While they make my glasses. Exactly. Wow. I would have never thought about that.
0: Because you didn't, didn't glasses. wear glasses? And probably nobody else who wore glasses because I'm just one. <laughs> you're, I am, you're a
1: kid. You were you a, a kid.
0: Singular entity. I am one of a kind, I tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is that I didn't need glasses to see the shadow people around my house, and neither did my sister.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I've heard about those people and those are I've got those stories
0: I've seen some things
1: real scary tell you
0: my war stories around the fire with a whiskey in my hand Mm -hmm. so um, that was why I gave it a 6 out of 10 because as a kid this idea scared me
1: yeah it was very close to this doesn't
0: scare me as an adult but because of how much this Mm -hmm. this gave me the the spooks as a kid as a kid I had to bump it up from like a 5 to a 6 so but again there are much scarier episodes just this
1: one was yeah this one was up your alley at the time at the
0: time at the time so anyway yeah what'd you give it
1: (laughs) well as i said i didn't wear glasses it wasn't really in my like personal haunting
0: right your experience
1: space i was just not thinking that way it wasn't part of my experience sure this is probably the biggest discrepancy we've had so far
0: you gave like a two didn't you
1: yeah i gave it a two (laughs) wow cuz it that's the wild. idea of a parallel universe is very interesting to me and i love that idea but i don't really find it scary for whatever reason even though i should that's probably besides like things like black eyed kids yeah. and those kind of glitch in the matrix sort of stories those do scare me but in general the idea of a parallel universe doesn't scare me and it didn't feel like this was especially malicious right on the whole especially since they they won
0: Right, so it, it it just didn't. It's not especially scary, and I have trouble. I have trouble with the endings because I can be spooked by an idea and a concept and like the the visuals until the ending, and I'm like, oh, that's not that's not as scary.
1: Mm-hmm. Then
0: you revealed to me what was actually happening. Did you so, Did
1: you feel that way about this one?
0: I felt that way about all of them. Yeah. I think
1: once you know the answer, it's not scary anymore. Yeah.
0: Then you, yeah, once you've seen the monster, it's not as scary, right? Right. Anyway, yeah. But because it scared me as a kid, I had to give it a little bit higher rating. I respect that.
1: And I also don't have memories of this one as a kid. So I really only had my, like, even considering what would have scared me as a kid, I don't think it really would have gotten to to me.
0: Yeah. Aside from how scary it was, I'm very impressed with this episode, how it was put together, the writing, and the way it was, like, developed of the research and everything that went into it. I like the choice of having Weeds and Marybeth have the like same clothes as Gary and Kristen. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned how uh, alternate universe versions of Weeds and Marybeth were wearing mm-hmm. very similar clothes. It was
1: just to further emphasize that idea.
0: Right. And so that implies that Gary and Kristen are just another alternate universe version of Weeds mm-hmm. and Marybeth yeah for me this story checks all of my boxes for the character of gary it tracks with what we said before that he's sort of this you know loner type of cool uh smart kid i think like i was i was joking that i think he like does really well in like a science class Mm -hmm. even though he's into like magic and the occult and stuff and like scary stories i think he's just smart and he loves science for sure so it, it it tracks for me that this was a super science fiction heavy story with like alternate dimensions. He
1: probably loves science fiction right.
0: I think he loves science fiction. I think he loves science. He's just a generally intelligent guy but kind of a loner who you know I think he reads a lot. I think he watches a lot of old black and white movies. I think his dad I think I think their house is very like eclectic. I think his dad collects things. I think he collects, you know, old records he would yeah like Great music. I think he collects a lot of old books, like first editions of things, especially old science fiction books, horror novels, whatever. I think he has an old projector. Mm. And I think that Gary spends a lot of time watching old movies on this projector. I like that. In my mind, this is just me making all this up. <laughs> he's really into folklore and magic and all this occult stuff on the down low because he doesn't, he only talks about this stuff here with the Midnight Society and his dad has a magic shop. So I think he's gotten made fun of because you don't. Your dad doesn't own a magic shop without getting made fun of. Right. Um, but I think he owns it. I think he loves yeah, it. Yeah, he's found his, so, his thing. This All of this makes sense to me, and it makes so much sense that you found that note about his his stories tend to be about cursed objects mm-hmm. or th- things like that. It it's because his, his dad has this this shop and everything and whatever I imagine his life to be. I think it's it's no wonder his imagination is like as strong as it is and why he would be the leader of this midnight society and why he would want to do. Because
1: he's seeking that type of community. Yeah. Yes,
0: he's seeking it out. He's creating it. I love that. He's being the change he wants to see in the world. <laughs> so I'm proud of Gary. I like this story because I think it it really works for him as a person. He's surrounded by fantasy and wonder and mystique, and he probably has been for like a large portion of his life.
1: Yeah. Love Gary.
0: Again, would want to hang out with Gary. Me too. He's the only one probably of the entire Midnight Society I think I would ever get along with. <laughs> I think Gary is cool.
1: I, I'm excited to see and hear his other stories. I'm, Me too. Obviously, I've seen them before, but to look back at it with this I idea- yeah, I don't know which ones are A which. greater understanding of who the characters are, that's
0: going to be fun. That's very fun, yeah. The lore behind this episode is like a tale as old as time.
1: Beauty and the beast. You know,
0: ghosts and spirits and fairies and monsters and angels and demons and all kinds of things that live among us, either on the spiritual plane or in the fairy realm, that we can't see, but they're there all the time. You know, you and I both grew up and yeah. being taught about, you know, the spiritual battlefield, the spiritual warfare always existing around us, or at least mm-hmm. I was.
1: Yes, to a degree. Yes. To a degree.
0: But like, it was always like, yes, there are things going around that along, we don't see a, around us that you that can't see. That was definitely see. told to me. Yes. So it's so we were spoon fed this in church, um, not at like, you know, our coven yeah. gatherings at our church. So, you know, I've heard about a lot of different types of belief systems and all this stuff. And it's it's just true for pagan religions and like Christian religions and all kinds of stuff. It's just, you know, it's so much I can't even like distinguish now. It's all the same thing. Basically, I just as an adult have accepted that it's a very high possibility that there are things around us sure. something.
1: A lot of cultures believe it.
0: Yeah, whether we do or do not understand yeah. what these things are or how
1: much how much interaction or how much yeah you know control they do or don't have on us or our, our realm right don't know.
0: Not only is the whole idea that there are things around us all the time uh, part of the lore, the main idea, the main concept is the second sight, mm-hmm. the ability to see. Another plane or another realm or dimension or whatever you want to call it, but you have to use objects such as the super specs, aka the enchantment of an object to help oneself obtain the gift of second sight. Mm-hmm. Now this is old school occult lore hmm. and fairy tale, but a lot of people believe there's a there's strong foundations in reality. It's it's very witchcraft heavy, very occult, but people still practice this today. You can enchant an object that isn't necessarily related to vision, but they say that it is helpful if you do use like glasses huh. or a camera of some kind. They say it's easier because it's just natural. Uh, it's of used for seeing, but you can just as easily enchant like an item of jewelry or a piece of clothing or something that you when you want to have second sight
1: you wear it you
0: can wear it Mm -hmm. right traditionally and more naturally there are objects in nature that allow for second sight that are already enchanted items like for example if you were to find a stone with a hole in the center of it Mm -hmm. where you can peek through the hole that's called a hag stone you can look through it and you will have second sight by because it's enchanted that ability. By
1: virtue of existing.
0: Right. Same thing with like a seashell. If there's a hole in the center of a seashell, which I found a lot of seashells that have holes in them, which I never, if I'd known this, I would have looked through it. Yeah,
1: I've never looked through a hole. So
0: that works as well. It's just not as strong as if you were to have like a hagstone or something. There can be other natural things because it basically acts the same way as if you were to like be looking through a doorway. A doorway can act as a uh, portal through which to achieve second sight to see into something else, which kind of works for me if like looking through like a closet door. Mm -hmm. You might see something in your closet that isn't there. Any
1: kind of doorway.
0: Because they're just thresholds, which uh, feeds into the idea of a hedge crossing. An example is like astral projection. So it's something that allows you to see or journey into or visit another plane of existence without necessarily physically going. It's just like a perception. Vision. A vision into it or something hmm. and i found a lot of this information to give uh credit where credit is due there's a blog i found called this crooked crown and she has a an instagram as well and i followed it and it's amazing it the um description is witchcraft for the everyday and the extraordinary wow so very cool a lot of cool things if you're ever interested
1: <laughs> yeah that sounds um, really cool go
0: ahead there's a there's a bunch of cool spells, all kinds of stuff. Hmm. It's pretty current, interesting. And she posts stuff that's you know seasonal and significant to like the time, right. time of year, and everything. So very cool. I love her Instagram. She has a sweet kitty, mm. probably her familiar. Yes. So all this information, specifically about this that I'm talking about now, comes from her her blog. You so go. She talks a lot about second sight and how to enchant objects
1: to achieve it. how to
0: achieve it she wow. she says you can use sandalwood wisteria wild thyme, and a number of other herbs to see what's beyond normal vision and you can use trance inducers like flying ointments and i had to research this so witch ointments or flying ointments they're believed to be used by witches for centuries francis bacon listed the ingredients of the witch's ointment mm. or the flying ointment to be the fat of children digged out of their graves oh, no. of juices of or smallage, which is just celery.
1: Okay. Wolfbane. Always wolfbane. And
0: sink foil mingled with the meal of fine wheat. So that's how you make a witch's ointment. So get to digging those graves, I'm my friends. I'm thinking
1: that most, I was going to say, most of those ingredients are pretty easy to access, but pretty not easy. the children's mm-hmm. fat.
0: No, yeah, whatever. Just find some old candles or something. <laughs> but that's just Francis Bacon. And he probably wasn't a witch. He was just a dude. Yeah. So I have no Who idea is what he his, what his occult. That was just his description of what witches' ointment could be, or flying ointment. Um, to give an example of a hag stone used in pop culture, but fiction, Neil Gaiman in Coraline, she is given a stone that has a hole in the center of it. And she has to use this stone to find the three eyes of the ghost children oh. and Basically, the whole concept he's using is the lore. of This is a hagstone, and it's going to give her second sight. It's going to help her. see things,
1: yeah, that she can't see otherwise.
0: So I thought that was genius on the part of Neil Gaiman. Thank you, Neil Gaiman, for being incredible. He
1: is a genius. Yes. And
0: thank you to the author of this crooked crown. She actually gives you a spell, uh, step for step, how to make the potion that you can then uh, enchant an object with oh. if you so desire. Did you try it? Um, no. I really want to- <laughs> But there are some- There are some
1: Questionable ingredients?
0: Question, no, not the- No, honestly, it's very innocent, oh, okay, but it's good. very-
1: Don't go with grave digging. That,
0: there are just- If you're going to practice witchcraft, be careful, right. is all I'm going to say.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: You want to know what you're doing.
1: 100%. Definitely don't mess with it if you don't know what it's you're doing.
0: It's kind of like a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. I was cool with all of it until it got to the point where it was like, you have to- once you've cleansed the object with the potion, you then have to sleep with it next to you. And then once you've slept with it in your bed, it's it's ready to go. Mm. And it just kind of was like, well, welcoming something into my bed like that kind of freaks yeah, me. Yeah, that out. is. Because I have a, a lot. I have a, a nightmare fear thing of uh something being in my bed that I'm not that I wake up to. Yeah. Um, like a like a figure, a person. Ugh. So that's a, that was a bit much for me. Yeah, um, probably
1: best not to. But
0: everything she was describing and everything that I read about how this stuff works was spot on for this episode. Nice. So DJ McHale did his research for this. She was even saying like, the more you like, say you enchant some glasses and you have second sight and now you can look around your house and see things. The more you do it, the more the things that you're seeing, the more they're going to be aware that you can see them. Oh. So
1: it's like you become more visible to them the more visible yeah, they become to you. Exactly, yeah. which is
0: when which is why, you know, with Mary Beth putting on on the glasses and then them being able to see her right. because she's wearing the glasses. Mm-hmm. That spoke true because it's like, oh, they can only see her when she's wearing the glasses. That just tells me when she puts those on, they can see her, but she looks like a shadow person. Ugh. She they see her
1: as a shadow person. Yeah. And she's essentially revealing herself to them when she puts on.
0: She's effect. just appearing as something, right? Yeah. And so that that made me think about them playing basketball.
1: Yeah. And in the other world, they're just, they're doing what they're doing. They're
0: just kids playing basketball. Yeah. And one of them goes, oh.
1: Look what, at that. What the, what the is hell that? is that? Yeah.
0: And there's just this girl standing there. That is weird. Wearing all black, just watching them like a big silhouette. Just standing in the middle of the, you know, playground. Makes you
1: feel kind of bad for them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's why they stopped and they were like, whoa, what is that?
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Now I get it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, I thought this was very cool.
1: Yeah. He knew what he was talking about.
0: This is legitimate old world witchcraft stuff here that you can go do if you want to. Uh, I don't know that I will, but if you do, please tell us. (laughs) Did it
1: work. Would love to hear about your experiences. And
0: that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, I have uh, one last bit of trivia about this. that I haven't. Again, I haven't seen, but Tell me. this is apparently to quote, it's the first appearance of the opening that was to be used throughout the remainder of the series, right? The moored boat, the, the swings, mm-hmm. the house in the attic, the storm, the doorway, and then the hand holding the match, right? Classic. Everything that we talked about in the first episode. But this says, this was also the first of eight to exclude background music and show the hand with the match slide into view before it disappeared, hmm. replaced by lightning and the title. Rather than showing the hand with the match that lights itself. Yeah. So apparently that was different itself before they settled on the hand with the match?
1: Weird. I don't know. I, don't, I can't I don't picture know. it now.
0: I tried to find it.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think on a lot of these streaming platforms- the intro is often different than what was used in the series, or if if there was a one off that was different, it probably isn't on these streaming platforms because they just slap the same one on all of them. Well, yeah,
0: with me, I'm using, I'm watching the DVDs, right. and the box, the box set, and yeah, the opening is the same every time. Yeah,
1: and it's the same on Paramount Plus as well. But
0: when it aired,
1: but when it aired, it would have been they different. were different. Yeah. yeah, I hate that we so can't see the different like options.
0: I wonder if the boss hag has any hag stones. <laughs>
1: I wish that I had a hagstone. We'll have
0: to ask her when we get
1: there. I would there. love to to see.
0: I mean, it makes me want to like look through rocks now. And yeah. I oh,
1: I for sure next time if I'm ever if I ever find a rock with a hole.
0: Seashells for sure too. Oh yeah. I know those I are found those. a little those. easier to
1: come by around here.
0: Yeah, uh, but maybe we should enchant an object one day.
1: <laughs> Just give it a shot.
0: Just give it a shot. It's not that scary. I'll will get I'll drink a bunch of beers one day. I'll get pretty. <laughs> oh no. No, it takes it takes days. It takes time. You have to like soak soak it in moonlight and all i
1: feel like like, d- like doing witchcraft drunk is akin to driving drunk like you do not want to do that yeah it seems like a bad move you never know you never know that's pretty dark that's pretty dark
0: <laughs> so thanks for listening to me talk for way too long <laughs> about stuff that is very cool but.
1: yeah we love this stuff yeah thanks for listening uh we appreciate you as always go Click the buttons, do that stuff. Yes,
0: go follow the socials. Please do. Let us know what you think and how we can do better. Tell us how we can do worse, too. Please
1: tell me how I can do worse. That would really help my self-esteem. Because then I'll know what I'm doing right. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) Anyway, cool. Well, until next time. Sweet dreams, everybody.
1: Yeah, sweet dreams. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark. Written and produced by Christian Baxter-Mott and Kaylin Andrews.
0: Our music is composed by Jonathan Simmons. And our art is provided by Paige Garland at Power Girl Illustration.
1: Join the collective nostalgia and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That's Pretty Dark Podcast.
0: Share your experiences and let us know what shows, films, or villains still haunt you from childhood. At That's Pretty Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, you're never really alone.
1: So until next time, sweet dreams, everyone.